Bless the Lord, O my soul, and what? All that is within me, bless his holy name. And I hope your soul is blessing the Lord this morning. Mine is, he has done great things for us, hasn't he? And if you need to talk to your soul, go ahead and talk to your soul, just like David did. And tell your soul that because of Jesus, it's a lot better off. And you've got a future and a hope. And so take your Bibles, if you would, and let's turn back to the book of Ephesians, chapter 5. And we're going to look through the same verses we looked through last week. Well, it's good to be with you this morning. And uh, this is going to be a special day. And here is how it's going to be unique. Uh, I have not had an opportunity in the last year or so since we have been uh, uh, combined with Southwest and have that Southwest venue down. You take Tower and you cross over Archer and you just keep going out there. And it's there. And I'm going to be joining that campus in the 11 o'clock service and uh, if our 11 o'clock service in the main uh, you're going to be watching me on video this morning and so I welcome you and uh, I know that's going to be a little bit unusual for you to be watching me on the video screens but one of our passions and one of our desires is to make sure even if we have different venues I was over in our our uh, LifePoint venue this morning greeting folks and and, uh, and, and connecting over there. It's important that we understand we're one church even if we're in several different locations and we're all in this together. And that's the great question about two key relationships that you have in your life if you're married. If you're married, you need to be all in to that marriage. If you're all in, say amen. Now, if you are a follower of Jesus Christ, here's what I have to tell you. You're in a marriage. If you're a single and you're not married in a physical sense, if you're a follower of, a Christ, a follower of Christ, you are in a marriage. The Bible uses the marriage on earth as a picture of a spiritual marriage. We have a great groom who has pursued us He's purchased us, and he is cleansing us and beautifying us. And as the Apostle Paul was inspired uh, to, to write this to us and describe that relationship, he said, oh, here's, here's a great picture of the relationship, and that is the love, the submission, and the, the oneness of a man and his wife. And if you will look with me at Ephesians chapter 5, verses 22 through 33 this morning, you'll see that you really can't separate those two relationships, those two marriages, they are intertwined. And I want you to notice in particular as we see the intertwining of these two marriages and these two relationships that we have, uh, that you'll see also how much Christ went all in for us and how much Christ is calling us as husbands and wives to go all in for each other, but also if you'd be just kind of watching for, to see how he calls for the church, his bride, to go all in for him. And so it's, uh, this is the challenge today as we look through this passage. Wives, verse 22, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the who? The church. His what? His body. And is himself its savior. 
Now, as the church submits to who? Christ. Are we all in for him? Are we submitting and yielding to him? As the church submits to Christ, so wives go all in with their husbands and seek to lovingly and respectfully follow his leadership. Why? Because husbands are going all in, verse 25, to love their wives. How all in are husbands to be in loving their wives? Well, they are to look a lot like Christ did when he went all in loving the church, giving himself up for her so that he himself might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of the water with the word, that he might present the church to himself in splendor, without spot or wrinkle or any such things. No wrinkles in heaven. No spots in heaven, amen? No limping in heaven. No sin in heaven. In the same way husbands should love their wives all in, as if they were their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as Christ does the church, because we are members of his body. Who are members of the body of Christ? All those who have trusted him as their savior. You are a part of that relationship. Therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I am talking about, he says, I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each one of you love his wife as himself and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Let's pray together. Father, I ask that as we knit these subjects together, that you will call us to be all in in our marriages, all in as your bride. And Father, you are expecting no less in either one of those arenas. So challenge us through this word. Make it clear, clearer than my mind or my mouth can present it. Make it clear to our hearts, Lord Jesus. And it's in your name we pray. Amen. It's really an amazing thing. You know, uh, there are two marriages mentioned here. And I, I in particular, uh, am in two marriages. In one of those marriages, I am a groom. And I'm happily in that marriage of 25, almost 26 years. And uh, I'm in that committed relationship. I remember how it started, even though it was 26 years ago. And uh, I got to know Sarah, and, and I asked her on a date, and we started to know each other and like each other, and, and pretty soon we were... we. We knew God had called us together, and uh, but what she didn't know is, and I, I mean, I was a little bit romantic back then. I've never been a great romantic person, but I, I wrote her a song, and I may sing that song for you one day, because every, every so often I'll pull it out and dust it off, and I need to pull that out and dust it off from time to time, and I may do it for you, but I wrote her a song. In fact, I proposed to her in a song. I mean, I planned the whole event, and I'm sorry, honey, I know you're watching this, and, uh, 
but I planned the whole event. We went into this chapel at my university that I graduated from. We went into this beautiful chapel, and, I, and as I normally do, I'll find the piano, and I kind of went over there and just started, and she's sitting there, and she's thinking I'm cool, and I'm just, lo- and we're just having that moment, and I begin to sing this song, Oh, Sarah. I mean, it was a pretty good song. I'd put my all, I'd gone all in on this song. And in the final verse, I sang, will you marry me? You can go ahead and go, oh, that's, that's all right, oh. Some of you guys hate me right now, don't you? Just be honest. Some of you men just hate me. Amen. Thank you. Just be honest. But uh, I went all in, had the ring in my pocket, pulled it out. It was awesome. It was awesome. You know, and then we, we walked the aisle. We had our ceremony. And then at that point, I went from I do to I'm done. <laughs> now, I, that's not what I did, right? But I did a, a wedding yesterday, and it was awesome. You know, you see the bride at the end of the, at the aisle and the groom, and we're waiting, and here she comes all adorned in her splendor. And Sarah did that. But too often marriages, after they say, I do, it goes from I do to I'm done. And that's not what it's meant to be. And in fact, this passage makes it very clear. You're not just all in on that first day. You're not just all in to get her to marry you. 26 years later, God's still calling me to be all in in my marriage. He's still calling me to that. Too many marriages go from I do to I'm done. And as brides and as grooms, we continue in those relationships and we are still to be pursuing one another and seeking to impress one another and wow one another as we continue to go all into that marriage and it and it gets tougher right 26 years later she knows a whole lot more about me than she did the day she said i do right i know a whole lot more about her now it's a whole different equation as we move but we still are being called by god to be all in in our marriages and we have this incredible incredible example set for us by the lord jesus notice his work his work in an all-in marriage notice the work of christ he did the work of salvation in verse 23 christ is the head of the church his body and is himself its savior jesus pursued us he saved his bride he did work for us that we could not do for ourselves there are things husbands you can only you alone can do for your wife you alone can save that marriage in your sacrificial giving of yourself for the needs in that relationship jesus sets an incredible example of working for the, the, the relationship between himself and you, his followers. And he says that's an example for the husbands and for the wives. Look at the work of Christ in us. It didn't just stop there. He did the work of us, for us of salvation. Now he's doing the work of sanctification in us. Look at verse 25. Husbands, love your wives 
You are to love your wives in what way? Well, notice how Christ loves you. He loved the church and gave himself up for her that he might sanctify her, set her apart. You're the only one. You are exclusively mine, he says to his church. And then he cleanses her by the washing of the water of the gospel and the word. And now he took us out and he made us holy and pure. And he is continuing to do that with us through the work of his Holy Spirit. Why? Look at verse 27. So that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle. And so we see the work of Christ for us. We see the work of Christ in us. And the reason that I bring out what Christ has done is that you see him going all in for you. He's all in for his church. Then he turns it around. He flips it around this passage and he says, church, you need to go all in for me. And then he says, husbands and wives, this is how you are to be all in for each other. And then you see the work of Christ through us. He wants to do something through his church. And how's he going to do that? Well, if we have this same kind of attitude that is exemplified in this marriage, this relationship, an attitude of submission and serving one another. He says you are to submit and serve to one another in the body of Christ. And as a husband and wife, you come together and you mutually submit to one another. Now, we broke this down last week and, and talked about what that looks like. He says, husbands, the way that you submit to your wife is that you find out and you determine what her greatest needs are and you listen for her needs and you, you find out her emotional and spiritual and physical needs. You are, you're in charge of pursuing that just like Christ knew. We were dead in our trespasses and sins. We needed rescue. Christ came, he knew our need, he pursued us and he rescued us. And that is a daily work, husbands, of knowing those needs, pursuing those needs and sacrificially giving of your life to meet those needs. And you have to lead to do that. You've got to take initiative to do that. That can't be done from the passive place that a lot of us take in marriage. On that special spot for us in our favorite chair behind our favorite remote. The closest some of us will come to meeting a need is we'll be like, okay, you can watch what you, can watch what you want right now. We see the active pursuit of Christ to meet the needs of the church. And he flips and he says, love your, love your wife that way. And so he gives us these, these two ways of yielding. Husbands, you are to sacrificially serve by leading and taking the initiative. Wives, your husband needs you to respect him. Your husband needs you to see and admire the way he seeks to meet your needs and love you and lead your family. And so this, this is the constant pursuit of how you are reflecting the church-Christ relationship and how you are best going to go all in and make this marriage work. You love your husband by respectfully following his lead. Now, I've preached on this several times, and I'm not going to go a lot deeper into those things, but I think that is just a daily working that out as you're pursuing to be what God has assigned you to be 
in that marriage. And let me just remind you again, it is not a matter of inferiority or superiority. It is simply a matter of assignment. I played in uh, basketball in high school and most of the, my career, I was the point guard. Now there were five of us out on the floor, right? Only five. And we all had this relationship and everybody had their position. I was the point guard. And one of the reasons that I was the point guard was the set of, uh, there was my stature and there were my skill set. And it, but most of all, I was the point guard because the coach said, I'm the point guard. He assigned me that task. My task was not to score all the points. My task was to set up the scorers. And if I ran the plays right, directed the offense right, got the ball to the right person at the right time, and they scored, the whole team, what? Wins. And I walk off going, I can't believe they, I should be the center. I should be the power forward. I don't ever get to score. The point isn't who scores. The point is, does the team win? And am I playing my assignment from the coach best? And, and God has given us our assignments and our roles in marriage, and so we go all in. The better point guard I could be, the better the team's going to be, the better husband, the better I can play that role as a sacrificing, loving leader. The better I can do that, the healthier the team, the more we're going to win. You see, when we're all in, we all win. Now let's flip this because today what I want to do is I want to encourage you to be all in, not just in your marriage, but I want you to be all in as a member of the body of Christ. Christ went all in for you and this passage all also shows us, in fact the entire book of Ephesians shows us that if, if you're the as the groom of Sarah Chauncey, I am called by this passage to go in, all in, in that relationship, exclusively. And then, as in my role as a member of the bride of Christ, Christ is calling me, he deserves it. He has redeemed me and cleansed me, and now he's calling me and you. If we're part of the bride of Christ, he's calling us to yield to him, submit to him, and to serve him in our assignments. In our assignments. God has made it clear to me over these years, and it was a, it was a path, it was a journey of bringing me to the point of where my life's my life's passion and my life's pursuit and my assignment happens to be up here, teaching you the word of God, trying to live it out in front of you, trying to be an example, trying to shepherd and encourage. That is not a place, that was not a, a, a pursuit of power on my part, it was an assignment. And the better I do my assignment here, the more we all what? Win. If your pastor's all in, and you're all in, we all win. Say amen. Does that make sense? So in your role now, you may be a single person, but you're, if you're saved, you're a part of the bride of Christ, your role now is, how do I go all in 
as the bride for my groom, the Lord Jesus. Well, let me just remind you of a few things. First of all, you have been delivered by the groom. You have been rescued and ransomed. You've been delivered for good works. Let me remind you. Look at Ephesians 2, 8. 2, 8 says this. For by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not your own doing. It is the gift of God. It was the rescue of your groom. It was the pursuit. Just imagine the Lord Jesus writing a song about you. Love it. You ought to read the Song of Solomon. That's another great crossover where you see the love of a bride and groom for each other and you also see in it the love of Christ for his bride, the church. Jesus has written a, a love letter to you. Jesus, just like that verse, a man shall leave his father and mother and cleave to his wife. Who left his heavenly father to cleave to his wife? Jesus. And he's cleaving to us. I think if we picture him the way the scriptures cause us to picture him as we see him and if we can put ourselves corporately as his bride and we see that the Savior left the Father and he has clinging and he's cleaving to his bride, he has become one with us through his blood and death and, and, and sacrifice, he has put us into his body and, and we are members of him and he is loving us. And it's totally by grace. He didn't come to earth and just pick out all the pretty people. He didn't come to earth and pick out all the good people. He didn't come to earth and look through the, 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 the roster and see who uh, would, would probably make a pretty good church member and select those folks. He said, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord can be saved, can be a part of the bride. For by grace you've been saved through faith. This is not your own doing. It is the gift of God, not as a result of works that no one should boast. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus for what? Good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. I married... Sarah, those many years ago, and since then she has put me to work. Husbands, have your wives put you to work? Amen. I've been working. She has some things that meet her needs if I do that work. And my, my, call, my, my goal is not to begrudgingly, okay, I'll get it done, or but to lovingly find out what is going to be best for our families, what's going to be healthiest for our marriage and for our children. And I take that initiative, and that's my goal. I don't always do it. I, I fail at it miserably so many times, but that's my goal is to, to, to discover how I can lead the way for the, for the beauty and the sake of my wife and my family and be that point man, that point guard 
that distributes things into my family so that my family wins. So many marriages, just not the other way. You've got the, the wife playing point guard, center, and power forward, trying to do it all. Or you've got a husband carrying the load and a wife that is not all in. And it's, it's such a difficult struggle. And it's the same struggle that exists in a church. When you have a small percentage of the body of Christ, the bride of Christ, playing all the positions. And that just doesn't work. You can get by, but you can't really win in the big way God wants us to win when every member goes all in. And so what this is saying to me is, you're one of my pastors, David. You have been called. I've given you this assignment. Are you, are you doing the best you can? Are you going all in? Are you being a good point guard for the church? So we have been delivered for good works that we should walk in them. How many of us? All of us. We have been designed. And you say, well, I can't play center. I can't play power forward. There is a position in the body of Christ if you are in the body of Christ. There, is a, there are roles that you can play. And there are ways that we do it. And there are different places that you play those roles and you do those things. Some of them are out in the community. Some of them are here on campus on Sunday mornings. And, and so what I'm praying is today we'll just begin to, you'll begin to think and pray, God, how do I help the team win? I know that I can do those things. And, and you know, uh, one of the ways that you discover this is you get involved. Because unlike basketball, I can look at you and go, you're not the center, I'm sorry. Right? Some of the things are obvious. They didn't make Dikembe a point guard. Some things are obvious. But in the church, it's not always obvious. The way that some of my calling manifested itself is I just got involved and I started working with students and started singing in the choir and doing youth stuff and I just was involved and as you're involved and you're handing out bulletins or you're greeters or you're working in the the nursery and the children's ministry or you're over in Life Point or you're out at Southwest and you're and you're doing a great job you you will just begin to see as you serve, the Spirit of Christ is going to lead you to serve, and you just say, here are my hands, here are my feet, here's my, my money, here's my life, here's my time, use me, God. And, 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 and you, as you minister and as you serve, it's amazing how God will maneuver you over time into some of the most effective uses of your life. But you got to get in the water, you got to start swimming. You've got to open up your sails and start sailing. And get involved. That's why in Romans, Paul says, 
things like this. He says, I appeal to you, therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable God, which is your spiritual worship. We present ourselves this way to God. Look at verse 3 of Romans. For by grace, by the grace given to me, I say to everyone among you not to think himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think with sober judgment, each according to the measure of faith that God has been assigned. I soberly looked out there and I said, all right, so with sober judgment, I, I know I can't be the center on this basketball team. I want to be, but I can't. But God has designed me perfectly to be a part of the body of Christ with my resources, my talents, my voice, my time, and my treasure. Coach, wherever you need me, play me, put me in, use me. How many of you would say that today to God? With 3,000 or however many members we have on the roll here. We got a lot on the roll. Or however many we have here on this Sunday morning. I can't, I wish I could do it. I can't come to you individually, every single one of you, and say, hey, would you mind working with our nursery, in our nursery? Or would you mind being a greeter? I can't do that. I'm praying the Holy Spirit will do that for everybody here this morning. And some of you will say, well, nobody's ever asked. I'm asking the Holy Spirit to ask you. Because I can't get to all of you. And you know what? If the Bible's true, I believe the Holy Spirit is asking you. And if you look in your bulletin, we got this, we got lists of needs and opportunities to get in the game. I'm asking you and the Holy Spirit, look over this. And if you get to get through this and you say, well, nothing like that looks very nice to me. Not too well then. What he has for you may not be on this sheet of paper, but it's somewhere. We couldn't put every need on here. But I encourage you to go to your life group leader and say, hey, how can I help you as my life group leader? How can I help you make this the best life group at Westside? And your life group leader would say, no, nah, I, don't, I don't need anything. You're okay. He'd probably say, well, show up on Sundays. That'd be the first thing, but no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Come. Make the coffee. Bring the donuts. Call the folks that need to be contacted every week. Maybe you go, and we have folks that will be out in the, in, in the foyer, and if you don't have time to do this, you can place this in the offering plate if you've already filled it out or if you want to take it by reception or if you want to pray through it and bring it back next week. Go to John, our family pastor. What a privilege to impact the coming generations. What a privilege. You say, I just don't like kids, but don't you like making disciples? 
you're not doing it because you, you, know, you particularly like changing diapers. You're doing it because as you change that diaper, their parents are getting saved, sitting in here, or being discipled. When we're all in, we all win. When we all give, we all win. We're designed for this. You say, well, I'm just not sure I can do this. I can do this. Well, I love that moment. Saw it yesterday again when the door opens and the bride is there and there's the wow moment. Wow. I can remember my wow moment. And I talked about this last year and really encouraged you to have that word in your heart and in your mind, and that has not left me. I put it out before you from time to time, but I really believe that's what the community ought to, ought to say about Westside, the bride of Christ. Wow! Wow! They come on campus, they experience the worship, they experience the teaching, they experience the nursery, they experience the student ministry, the college ministry, they experience uh, the fellowship here and the handshaking, they experience the life group as they go into a small group. Here's what I pray they'll do as they're walking on the campus. Wow, these people care about God's house, God's place, God's resources they care about what god has privileged them to have this dirt in this building they are they care about being good stewards of their property they must be giving people they must be wow they look at our missions programs and they go wow these people are crazy they're sending people everywhere They go into our student ministry and think, wow, Westside loves teenagers. They go to Mission Adventures and they go to our kids' lives groups and they, they bring their little children into those, 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 those rooms and they meet the teacher. The teacher stands, welcomes, and that parent leaves. Wow, Westside loves my kids. Wow. Is that asking too much from the bride? When we see how all in our groom has gone for us. Let's pray together. I wanted to give some time here just for you to reflect and to think about 
yourself in that relationship. If you're a child and you're a follower of Christ, you're a part of the bride. And God can use just the way you smile and encourage your fellow students in your life group. If you're a teenager, the way you uh, influence those kids at school, the way you invite them to come to, to the next Wednesday night or the next small group meeting at a home or the next retreat, God's using you as his bride to build and grow the bride of Christ. And I'm just asking that you would be open to hear what the Spirit is calling to you because the Spirit's job is to mold and grow and purify and cleanse and build up the bride of Christ. So I know if you'll listen, he'll speak to you, one of his children. Maybe he wants to put you on one of these cameras trying to follow me around on Sunday mornings. Maybe he wants to put you behind, behind me playing an instrument or in a choir singing his praises. Maybe he wants to put you out in that golf cart welcoming the world. And they say, wow, that guy on the golf cart was excited to see me. That usher couldn't wait to welcome me. That pastor, boy, he sure seemed passionate about the truth of God's word. And he, he worked hard to try to relate to me. Would you join me, team? Would you join me, team? When we're all in, we all win people for Jesus. And maybe there's someone here this morning that's never trusted Christ. Maybe this is your first time here. I just want you to know we're not a perfect church. But that's our goal is to be the bride of Christ and to, to love you and encourage you. And if you want to be a part of our fellowship, we have counselors during the, uh, the singing of this invitation. You can come down and counselors will take you out and just help you know what the next steps are. If you have never trusted Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, don't even know what that means and want to know more, that's what our commitment counselors do. And maybe some of you would like to be commitment counselors. We have training for that. Look through the list that's in your bulletin and say, all right, Jesus, just speak to me. I want to be a beautiful bride for you.